If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In we, this mysterious episode, because <laughs> Doug didn't just we start do not the know the length. Mind Pump for between zero to forty-five minutes. Uh, <laughs> we think it's a good guess. The introductory portion of this episode starts off with uh, us talking about Organifi's green juice with ashwagandha. Hmm. Apparently, sounds on to something. My sales technique of talking about how ashwagandha can increase your the amount of semen. Uh, that comes out of your wang. Uh, it's actually true. <laughs> By the way, it's working. More people are buying yeah, well, it. Well, numbers finding hey. that it works. Numbers don't, yeah, lie. They don't uh, lie. We are sponsored by Organifi. If you go to OrganifiShop.com, enter the code MindPump. We've actually hooked up MindPump listeners with an exclusive discount. Then we talk about Donald Trump's NFL national anthem comments. Oh my! The guy can't keep his mouth he shut. He just hates filters. Fuck yeah. Trump. No filter. Shut up. Uh, then we talk about the monk debates. This is actually an interesting. This was really channel. cool, dude. Yeah, very interesting channel on YouTube. You should go check it out. Uh, controversial topics get debated by <laughs> intelligent individuals. We talk about the Obamas and Netflix. I guess they're friends what's, now. What's going on there? Yeah, Obama and Obama's Netflix, Netflix and chilling. They all chilled together. Mm. Are they having sex? Mm. I don't know. Uh, then we talked about somebody op- called that Operation Mockingbird and propaganda. Little conspiracy theory for you. Wow, we put, went all over the place. Put on your t- your tinfoil hat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the California groundskeepers' lawsuit against Monsanto. Uh oh, somebody has been playing fair. This mm. could be a big one. Let's this hope could, that hurts them a little. This could be massive or not, like Justin's glutes. Yeah. Uh, then we talked about Morgan Freeman. Oh, this one hurt my heart. Uh. He's being accused of inappropriate behavior. Yeah. Fuck. Shawshank Redemption. Damn it. First <laughs> Robin Hood. First Cosby and now, oh man. Yeah. Then we talked about the pregnancy eating for two myth. Yes, it, you are eating for two, but uh, it's not like you're really eating for two yeah. adults. It's like yeah. you're eating for somebody that needs 100 calories yeah, a day. It's a really tiny person. Let's be honest. Uh, then we get to the questions. The first question was, what are our thoughts on vasectomies? <gasps> Do they affect sex drive hormones? Ugh. Is there a connection between them? That the, might my balls go up inside my stomach. And prostate cancer? You're not going to need them very long. Don't yeah, worry. I know. I might as well get rid Don't of them. Don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't you schedule the three times you have sex a month around the other day? Oh, just <laughs> that was a low blow. Wow. <laughs> that was a low blow. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> that was a low blow. Next question. Uh, not like a vasectomy. That's a real low blow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Next question was, uh, why do we believe so many poor thought and behavior patterns in adulthood are rooted in childhood? Does it have that big of an effect on how we are um, as adults? Uh-oh. Yeah. Then <laughs> like, <laughs> next question, what's the difference between the two exercises, good mornings and deadlifts? Uh, both work the posterior chain. Good question. Which one's better? Which one's worse? Which one do we like the most? A good morning. And finally, look, this person asking the question has a normal job, whatever the fuck that means. Mm. Uh, does that mean that they're lame? For some reason, they have the impression that we think people are lame. We so lame, bro. Normal jobs, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so. Working. Find out what we think about that in Dork. that part of yeah. this episode. Also, 
this month, get ready for the summer. Look, do you want to take your clothes off, walk around the pool? Hell yes, I do. But look, naked. And look hot as fuck. Let's be honest. It's going to be warm. You Don't be that dude in the pool with the t-shirt on. No. That guy. You want to provoke uh, arousal. Yeah, you know. Whoa. <laughs> From everyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? Do you Is that want, too far? Ladies. <laughs> ladies. Do you want guys to get boners when they look at you? <laughs> Boing. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe, maybe you do. Maybe you do. But you want to still be look good, right? Yeah. Summertime's coming around. At least around. you know you got that power. You know? We're giving away uh, the intuitive nutrition guide and the fasting guide, both of which will help you with nutrition. Doug, you misspelled guide, by the way. It's not the fasting good. <laughs> it's the fasting good. guide. Very nice. He's at it again. We're giving those away for free if you enroll in any bundle. Now, bundles where we take multiple maps programs, put them together, and then we discount the fuck out of them. <laughs> oh, I wow. Well, that aggressively so. We, yeah. No, literally. We, we, There's we, a lot of profanity. Uh, we eliminated yeah. a large portion of the price uh, because uh, we because we like you guys. That's why. We do. So that's what the bundles We're are. Passionate. Get a bundle. Get those two guides for free. But hey, maybe you're listening. You're like, look, Sal. I'm not trying to invest tons of money. I just want one MAPS program. I'm a little afraid of getting super fit. I just want to get kind of fit to start with. I want to test it out. I want one MAPS program. Right. Which one should I get? I get that question all the time, Adam. Yep. Yeah. I know you guys do too. I would say start with the MAPS anabolic program. Do I have program. to go like really, really awesome or can it just be like awesome? Yeah. You want to yeah. test it out. Here's what you do. Look, if your goal is maximum strength, muscle, metabolism repair, uh, or you're just getting started, MAPS anabolic is the program for you. If you want to move like an elite athlete, if you want maximum mobility and athletic performance, that's MAPS performance. If you're a stage presentation athlete, let's say you're a bodybuilder, physique competitor, bikini competitor, or you're experienced and you want to sculpt and shape your body like Michelangelo did with the marble statues, that's MAPS aesthetic. That David one, huh? If you like to work out in the privacy of your own home, or you just don't like to use exercise equipment, you like to do body weight type of stuff, or you work out on the go, let's say you go to hotel rooms a lot because you travel so much, well, that's MAPS anywhere. Or let's say you're a personal trainer and you're listening, which means you're already a smart person because this is a great show to listen to if you're a trainer, and you want tools that you can apply on your clients. You want to build your value. Get the MAPS Prime and Prime Pro programs. Or if you're somebody who's not a trainer and you just want to correct imbalances and solve pain problems, those are the two programs for you. You can check those out plus the bundles and get the free guides all at mindpumpmedia.com. I've got to tell you guys, I, I did not think this was going to work, Sal. But uh, again, you know, I'm the first to admit when I'm wrong and you're right. Uh-oh, what so, happened? Whoa, 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 whoa. This uh, is weird. Are we recording, Doug? Timestamp this. <laughs> are we recording, Doug? We are. So I guess we'll yeah. let our audience know, too. Whatever. We don't care, right? So I'm, I watch the, the, the numbers and the commission checks come in and everything like that. And Organifi sales are through the roof this past week. <laughs> oh, wow. That the, seminal volume is the, kicking in, huh? The Organifi commercials. They don't, they don't call me the best closer for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, there you go. I give you a little inch. You oh, want to take man. a mile right there. Man. You opened I'll up the gates, buddy. I'll take all four inches. Oh. You know what? <laughs> you know what? It, no, well, that's no. massive. The reason why I said that in the first place, because I was, I love reading about the stuff that we that we take, and I do take a lot of the green juice. It's one of my favorite products from Organifi and ashwagandha. Yeah. And I, re- I read this article on how ashwagandha increases you know, seminal volume. And I thought it was fucking hilarious and I kept doing research and it was like consistent. Wow. That's why I brought it up. Yeah. And it's, but, but hey, dude, 
for whatever reason, people like that. You yeah. know, <laughs> guys like that. Hey, why Some not? Girls like it too. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not? You know what I'm saying? Do you yeah. see uh, performance do you, enhancement? Do you guys see our boy uh, Donald Trump commenting? What do you do on oh. the uh, NFL? What's going on? So, no, let me do? back wow. you up a little bit. If you don't know. Uh, what happened last? Well, God, it was last year, beginning of last year, or whatever. With Colin Kaepernick, he decided. to- I remember that he he kneeled during the national anthem or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. that created this whole ordeal, and it's been going on since then. It's been back and forth and back and forth, and there's all this shit going on. Uh, again, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, it whether it was a good idea, a bad idea, right or wrong, doesn't matter. It's his it, choice. At the end of the day, it's now, you know, we've turned it into something that's dividing all of us, which mm-hmm. I think is just ridiculous. Yeah. And the irony of it is this protest is supposed to try to, it's supposed to be about equality and bringing us all together when in reality, all it's really done is driven a stake between a lot of us and, mm-hmm. and caused... Uh, I, I don't think it's brought any good attention to any of this stuff. So. Well, you know what it did is it on the it, it made people on one hand say you know we're against police brutality, which I don't know anybody that's pro police brutality. So you know I'm, we're against it. And then on the other hand, you have people saying, "Hey, you're against America and you're against the cops." And then there's people on the other side saying all cops are bad and everybody's racist. And the other side, people are saying, "Hey, you know I know people who are good and we're not." And it's like. That's not the point, man. It's right. not the point at all. I I, I will say this. Mm. Uh, I don't think what Colin did was a smart career move, which I think is obvious. But the dude is being peaceful about mm. his protest, and his, you know, and I wish everybody had yeah. that the balls to do something like that, and just to be whatever your protest is. So you have to appreciate that. But so yeah, I, the I, fans didn't like it. I'm kind of I'm back. Well, no, some did. You know, I'm back and forth on like. Okay, so what happened was so now they have now they've made it a like, and it was already in the books. Like it was already something that you're supposed to do as as your job title of being a player. You come out to the national anthem and and you stand for the do national. You know, anthem. Do you know why? Huh? Do you know why they have to do that? That was a deal they made with the the military. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. they're getting the NFL gets paid. If I'm not mistaken, someone correct me if I'm wrong. So, listener, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I, I do remember reading that this was a deal. Like, because that, ma- that makes sense to me. Yeah. Mm. And I see. Here's the thing, though. Is that any different than us being sponsored by Organifi? Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's our responsibility to. Yeah, we use it. Yeah, we've decided to partner with companies that we believe in. But part of that deal is that we have to t- bring it, bring it up, and talk about it. So, mm-hmm. part of the NFL's deal with the, the military, okay, we're funding or we're doing, we're supporting. So, therefore, the way you can show support is by having your employees, i.e., the mm-hmm. NFL players, stand during the national anthem. What I think is funny is that we we turn it into this whole free speech and the you know. It's a black-white thing. It's equality thing. It's yeah. this. It's all this. It's shit actually. Again. It's actually pretty simple. It's a company that's requiring you to do something. Mm. You decide not to. Totally freely. Totally voluntarily. Right. Totally up to you. The company also has the, the right should to have the right your to ass. be like, hey, you're not going to do what we want. <laughs> yeah. And you can go work somewhere else, and that's fine. That's right. your choice. That's They're just how- the biggest, you know, show in town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, the, they, the the Pentagon did pay the. That's an. In, you know what? What's interesting about that is how. We don't realize how much propaganda is put out there to promote uh, patriotism and nationalism, so that people, because we have a voluntary, you know, military force, and it, when people are feel good about America, you get more people enrolling. When they feel bad about it, you get less people enrolling. Dude, we've done. You know, it's an example of how well of a job we've done. 
is that camouflage is an actual fucking style. I, you're uh, so yeah. true. Right? Camouflage is a fashion statement. I bought the shoes. Right, yeah. exactly. You just bought a pair of shoes that are camouflaged. <laughs> so that true. is how well yeah. that we have- They sold it well. <laughs> yeah, it's how yeah. well we have sold this to you that we are out fucking wearing camouflage. You know, if you'd make a movie yeah. that's military-based, like if you're showing like jets and tanks and stuff like that, you can actually get funding from the military- and they will they will let you use some of their stuff in your movie so long as you paint them in a patriotic light. Mm. Oh wow! So if you're doing a movie that's like total anti-U.S. anti-whatever, I mean you can do it. You're free to do that. They're just not going to get any any funding or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no help from us. No, no, no. How crazy is that? Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Isn't that so, insane? So yeah, that, so now they came out, made it official rule that you know they can be fine. And of course, here's the thing about Donald Trump, and I know I'm glad I'm bringing this up right now because I think a lot of times people think that we're so pro Donald on some of the things that he's done. I definitely think the way he he explained it was really ridiculous. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm he not, what did he say? I'm not all right with the way he explained it. <laughs> yeah, all. yeah, no, he was just. <laughs> what did he say? Well, he basically just said you could you you can get out of our you know if you don't want yeah, to stand it's for the, the whole like speak English or get the fuck out of here kind of like you know like old school kind of oh, talk God. you know like yeah. I don't know like, I, ha- I was having, insensitive but you know I was having this conversation yesterday with Jessica because we were watching. Um, it's the monk debates. Have you guys seen this? I sent you. I sent you a link, Adam. The, it's the monk. M U N K debates. It's this channel, and I guess they've been around for a long time. But the dark web one? No, 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 no. Well, um, you have the dark web intellectuals on there or whatever. But it's this this channel I found on YouTube where they'll do very controversial subjects, and they'll have opposing views, and they'll have representatives from each view that's very intelligent. So they're not going to pick like an idiot from one side and a smart guy from a. It's it's a smart guy from one side, smart person from another side, arguing and debating in a civil manner. And what I love about it is, first off, it's totally a new media thing. This would never exist in old media because it's it's very objective, non-biased. They let people speak. There's certain rules you have to follow. And here's my favorite part. At the beginning of the poll or at the beginning of the debate, they ask the audience, how many of you agree with this side? How many of you agree with this other side? And they'll get the percentages. At the end of the debate... Oh, how cool. Yeah, at the end of the debate, the winner is the one that was able to sway the other side more. So, like, I watched one yesterday uh, that was called um, Political Correctness or Progress. And on one side, you had, like, the... You had, uh, what's his name? Michael Dyson, Michelle uh, Goldberg. On the other side, you had Stephen Fry and, and Jordan Peterson. And at the beginning of the debate, they said, which side are you on to the audience? Now, more people were on the side of... Stephen Fry and Jordan Peterson in terms of political correctness, like it's gone a little crazy, and, and you know we're, we think this is not it's not progress at this point, and so so the split was something like thirty seventy percent. At the end though, the the people that were on the side of Fry and Peterson went up six percent, so they won the poll. And I like the way they do that because it's not like who has more people on each side; it's who can convince the other side more effectively. So they got six percent over the other. But anyway, there's all kinds of of debates on this, there was one where it was like, is religion a positive force or whatever? Mm. And on one side, they had uh, like a, a very prominent atheist. On the other side, they had, I, th- I forgot who it was. Uh, uh, um, I think it was, uh, I, don't, I don't remember who it was, but it's very intelligent debates. And so we were having this God, conversation. I would love to go see one of these live. I want to be on one of these motherfuckers one day. <laughs> I really, I'm not yeah. nowhere near ready to do, well, I do can something see like that. But yeah. I would love it. Anyhow, so the, 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 and they talk about very controversial su- subjects like gender or you know feminism or whatever things that people don't want to touch abortion whatever right. so i think it's fascinating i think stuff like this is going to explode
But I was having this conversation with Jessica, and I was like, you know, this whole like this this extreme p- political correctness like vibe that's been happening, where you know you had this I, when I, when I remember when Bush was in office, people thought I was a hardcore liberal, at, and at the time I was pro liberty, just like I am now. But people thought I was a liberal because Bush, you know, he pushed the the Patriot Act, which was spying on Americans. He went into Iraq when we shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. They, you know, at the time Republicans were super pro drug war, like make stronger laws and throw people in jail. So I, I fought against all that shit as much as I possibly could, and I marched for for gay marriage and all because this at the time everybody was against gay marriage, but especially the conservatives. And then Obama comes in office, and it, who I voted for the first time, by the way. Who and then he just went crazy and became and started promoting super kind of socialist ideals and uh, big, super big government. And he was voting for the things that he railed against Bush for. So then I was against him quite a bit. And people were like, oh, you're super conservative. I'm like, no, no, no. Here's the deal. Like, I'm very consistent with my views. But my point is with this is that whole movement. I'll give you a good example. Gay marriage. Gay marriage in 2008, um, even Obama campaigned against it. Nobody supported it. And when the polls showed that Americans supported it, mm-hmm. of course, the politicians jumped on board because they don't stand on principle. They only fucking try to get elected. Yeah, it's, popularity. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah. But, you know, gay marriage gets gets passed. Rightly so. That was a, 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 I was always very pro. Like, look, if the government's going to issue a license for marriage, which I think is stupid to begin with, but if they're going to, they should... It's a it's a it's a license from the government, which means two adults who are voluntarily entering into it should be able to do it, man, woman, whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. But then you have a case where, like, you know, people are going to go to a baker and say, "Hey, bake me a, a wedding cake for my 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 gay wedding," and the guy says, "Well, I don't want to," mm-hmm. and they sue him. And then I'm like, "Wait a minute, dude, this is going too far. Like, that's his business, and he's an asshole. I think he's stupid for not baking you a cake, and we should definitely boycott and put pressure on him. But making a law right. against that." This is going a little too far, and it started pushing so hard where the reaction was Donald Trump. He's mm. totally the fucking he's like the the mirror the opposite mirror image of the extreme ridiculousness mm. that you see with this crazy political correctness movement, uh, and you know like these these you know what what they'll call well, the, the, the radical left. Yeah, how people can't remove their emotions and just kind of like look at that as what it is like so if i'm a business owner and i have specific views like uh you know that's my opinion that's my right as as an american you know just like anybody else's rights but yeah like you said you can boycott the shit out of them you'll suffer and blackball yeah they're not going to do good no. in business and rightly so but, I, th- I think you're an asshole if you right if you base that on someone's you know race or sex or whatever i think you're an idiot as a business person, well, don't you think, think you're an don't you think the idea is the same as the, the or the idea behind that or trying to stop that is like the same as like segregation was? Yep, it is. But here's the difference: <clears throat> what the civil rights movement was necessary, and it wasn't to uh, it wasn't necessary to eliminate racism. It was necessary to reverse government uh, discrimination. Remember, at the time, you had government laws that segregated people. You know what I mean? You had water fountains in schools and places that were that were government, you know, uh, properties that were the ones segregating the most. They were the one, remember businesses and of course at the time there were definitely racist businesses, but businesses had to they pay the consequence of especially today and you got to look at the context too. It's 2018. Good luck being a successful business and being a racist, a sexist or a bigot. 
Like, good luck. Mm-hmm. You might be able to succeed in your little town and have your little tiny business. You ain't going to become a national business no. at all. And if you're a big enough asshole with things like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, social media, whatever, it's not hard for me to make it hard for you to conduct business if you're an asshole. And that's the way it should be. It should be social pressures. But this whole life, and it, but at the end of the day, look, if I have a house, if you know, I own my house, right? Let's say, and I don't want to let you in my house because I don't like your face. You know, let's forget your race and your sex. Let's say I just look at you and I'm like, hey, I don't like your face. You got a mustache and you got a stupid looking nose. I'm an asshole. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's my house. Yeah. Right, right. You know, what are you going to do? Make a law that says I have to let you in my own house? Something's I, wrong with your face. Yeah. So so this Donald Trump and his his ridiculousness with some of the stuff that he says, and it's it's a react. It's just. It's a fucking wrench that's the throwing at the other oh, side. It's a nationalism yeah. thing. It's right? yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, come on, man, really? You're gonna make a big deal about this fucking NFL thing, and you know, yeah, he's he's peacefully Dude, protesting. Everybody has the right to protest. Yeah, you can't fucking take that away. No, I agree. I think you absolutely just as just as equally, the employer can say exactly. <laughs> I don't value as an employee enough. Double sided <laughs> coin. I, I was listening. I was listening to the radio this morning, and they were talking about like, well, you know, I just. I think the NFL should be able to do what they want with it. And honestly, I'm going to do differently for per player. Like, I don't value Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick as much as I value Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers decided to fucking take a knee, I might listen. I might, I mean, and we might have a conversation around it. Well, Colin Kaepernick, you might lose your job over that because I don't think you're adding that much value to my fucking team. Yeah. See you later, bro. You well, know what I'm saying? Like, why do you think the NFL made the fine? Did, did, did the whole fine thing? Right. I think they did that because the the. Uh, consumers of the NFL yes, have the, the have, pressures have spoken, yeah. and and they're saying we don't want to we don't want politics in football. We don't really care. Yeah, you know, don't do well, that. And we're not going to lot. You're seeing it a lot lately, and like in the Oscars, and I mean, there's just I think that it it's interesting because there is like a lot of eyes and, and views, and and so it's like it seems like a good opportunity to like have a message and put it out there and like get attention, but. Um, it's just like, you know, as a consumer, you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. You know, we're going to politicize like an entertaining thing that I'm watching, yeah. you know, shit. And I've, I've, I've done a lot of thinking about Colin Kaepernick and, and celebrities tend to get on my fucking nerves when they when they're when they speak out about certain things, mainly because they're massive hypocrites. All of them. Are, most of them are massive hypocrites. Colin Kaepernick, on the other side, on the other hand, has taken a massive hit in his paycheck and his career during the arguably the best years of his of his competitive you know life, so I respect him for that. What I don't respect are these celebrities who like like gun control. We need to ban all guns. Meanwhile, they have bodyguards with guns surrounding them. It's like, well, it's easy for you mm, to say, yeah. because you got bodyguards with guns protecting your fucking ass. And then you know, the, what about the single parent that lives in a shitty neighborhood who feels right. like they're gonna get robbed right. or whatever, or the woman who got raped and now she wants to carry a gun to make herself feel safe right like there's a big difference there but colin he's paying the price he's paying the price for his views and uh, so he can write a book later on yeah. <laughs> yeah. they'll make money america's already proven that's the model right there yeah, you yeah, could yeah, kill yeah. your wife and then write a book later on and make god, money. oh my yeah. god yeah. <laughs> oj did that yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah right that was the reference there you know what I'm yeah. Yeah. Fuck, Christ. Dude. Yeah, some how up. the nfl fucked me you know what i'm saying right, yeah right and then that's it's, a good point it is. Yeah, that's why. It's, I mean, when uh, I don't know, man, all the attention that he's getting from it I, is it like maybe his NFL career was done anyways, and going out with a bang like this now I mean, gives him another platform to to sell a book or to do something else. Like I don't know. I but I'm with Justin on like I watch football to watch football. I'm watching dude. fucking football. I'll fucking tune into CNN. Can we all just stop with this shit. I'll <laughs> like, tune into CNN or Fox yeah. News yeah. if I want to hear fucking bullshit. Well, politics, even then, it's like if you're so like like don't like. 
put the cameras on it, you know, or like whatever. If like you're so like what, like they're just stirring it back up and trying to create controversy. And it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, I just, I just want to watch football. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, just I know. Want, I want to watch the game. Yeah. I, I, I get like that a lot of times too when I'm watching something and I'm like, all right, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know you're, you feel important. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's enough. But it is better than like, remember when everybody was protesting on like freeways and like blocking shit? Yeah. And like, dude, chaining themselves like, and stuff. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's where it's like, you know, it's dangerous. This country has a, has a, has a long history of, of protest and the most successful protest uh, movements have always been peaceful mm-hmm. civil disobedience. Right. That's that's the winning nonviolent. That's the winning track record because what happens when you're violent and angry or you destroy property is you get a strong uh, reaction. You know, if if you're protesting against, you know, uh, let's say there's a there's a people who are, who there's a bunch of businesses that don't want to you know serve homosexuals or, 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 you know, gay men or, le- or lesbian women or transsexuals and you're protesting against them and you destroy their property or you're trying to enact laws against them, you're going to get a strong reaction. And then you're going to get people like me who I'm being forced to defend them. You know, I don't agree with them, but I have to defend their, that you're being violent against them and you end up losing. Now, if you do it peacefully, you you fucking went. Martin Luther King proved that. Yeah, he man. proved that model, so dude. Gandhi, yeah, it's, very very it's, well. I mean, it's it's a time tested method that that works. I mean, it's it's powerful. I was watching this um, talk by uh, God. What's his name? He's this. He's a he's that priest I told you guys about. Brilliant uh, guy. I can't remember his name. And Bishop, he was, Bishop something. Bishop Barron. Yeah. And he was talking about how what it means to turn the other cheek. <clears throat> and he said it doesn't mean you run away in fear. It means if you get hit. You turn your face and you say, "Go ahead and you know and do that again." Reflect the other to the other person your own terrible violence. Like imagine if you react and rage against someone and you throw something or you hit them and they just stand there yeah. and they don't react to you. They don't show you anger or whatever. They let you reflect and try that again. Yeah. Now you may get that may cause some problems, but again, look at how Martin Luther King did that in in when they would do these peaceful protests. And the police would be violent against them, and that shit got caught on camera. Mm-hmm. Started a national movement. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that that's that's really the way to do it. And so when I see people peacefully protest, even if I disagree with them, um, I I respect and appreciate it. it takes a lot of courage, it takes yep. a lot of strength and control. And I see people who really actually you know care about you know what they're what they're saying that they care about did either of you get a chance to look at the post that somebody did on our forum regarding uh netflix no what's going on there yeah a little bit yeah it was something about um yeah like behind the scenes like with obama like uh, some motivation there what was that all are about? they working with netflix or something like that yeah, well they were somebody had posted on the forum just the the strategy that that they are trying to do, man. It's uh, I'm trying to find it for us right now, so we can look at it. I thought for sure that you had read it. I didn't know if that was just conspiracy theory. You know, That's I, I was, do know that they're working, that they're somehow going to be putting together programming or something like that with uh, with Netflix. So, what the the idea behind the article or whatever that was saying that the the strategy behind Netflix is just they they're and they're getting all this backing and funding to grow and build this huge, massive network. And mm. then eventually what's going to happen is we're going to get fed a bunch of this propaganda within within it. It says that the, the headline I'm reading is the Obamas will be on and off camera in unique Netflix deal. So they're signing a deal to produce shows. Mm. Now, the 
Ob- obviously, what's going to happen with these shows is they're going to try and push a some kind of a narrative, which you would expect from right. politicians or you no know. different than the what's your health or anything else. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's already on there. Exactly. There's like different. Exactly. Yeah. There's different motivations all over the place. I think it. Yeah. Whatever. Like if they have a don't motivation and what? Yeah. Exactly. Don't watch it. Or you know, like if another one that kind of serves you better. You know, I'm sure they're going to allow that on the platform too. I prefer, I prefer to, wa- I love watching uh, stuff like that because it, it lets me see the best arguments of mm-hmm. every side, right? And then I can make a better. It helps me make a better decision. Many times I watch, I'm like, "Are you kidding me? This is so terribly skewed." But sometimes I make a good point, you know, and and, and it makes me think, you know. And so I, I implore, like, if you're listening, you're a hardcore conservative. Like go whatever they do, go watch it and yeah, see. Break it down. Yeah, break it down and see what the you know what the thought process. I think is. the people that are afraid are the ones that are afraid that where it's going to be in the next ten years when it's like you know will it eventually look just like a you know CNN or a Fox News channel oh, right. where it's like eventually super motivated just from one angle. Yes, like yeah. I mean maybe right now there's like a lot of variety and there's it's sprinkled in there, but. You know, fast forward 10, 15 years. Well, that would be unfortunate. I mean, I would hope that they would allow, you know, like multiple opinions and different like agendas, you know, within their platform. They're just a platform, you know, like that would would suck if they became like a Fox News or like a CNN or like something that was slanted. Well, don't you predict that that's how, I mean, don't you think that that's how that probably happened for Fox and CNN and so that? I mean, I'm sure that when it first started as a channel, it wasn't a bunch of like, hardcore conservatives to get together and say like let's make a conservative channel they probably made a channel and then conservative news mo- used to be much re- yeah news used to be reporting right and so what happened what happened with with news is and news is always there's always been implants in i mean that's this is the conspiracy theory Did you guys ever are- watch the hbo show newsroom before no oh Mm-mm. great no. show no, there's a. I think it's called Operate. Maybe Doug can look this up. Operation Mockingbird or something like that. It, I've heard of that. It, this was a real CIA um, program where they were going to implant people in media to try to, you know, sway public opinion or whatever. And I think it was exposed to the Freedom of Information Act, a large scale program in the United States CIA that began in the early 1950s that attempted to manipulate news media for propaganda purposes. So they've been in. They've been. You know, and I wouldn't doubt. Look, here's the deal: the CIA is kind of like the secret government. People don't realize this. They're given a lot of power, and it was created during the Cold War. And what people need to understand is, during the Cold War, and this is why I'm so fascinated by it, we literally were dealing with the potential destruction of the world for reals. And so we did a lot of shit that under that pretense, under that context. And so when you're looking at, oh fuck, they've got nukes pointed at us, and we've got it at them, and we could all kill each other. Everything's on the table, like all of it. You know what I mean? Like, well, what if we do this plan where, like Operation Northwood, where we we stage a terrorist attack in Miami so the American public supports invading Cuba because the Soviets are putting missiles in Cuba? That's kind of on the table when you imagine that, well, shit, they could nuke us all and we all die. You know what I mean? So the CIA was created under that context in the sense that it's kind of this shadow government that that operates outside of the constitution and does shady shit and has money coming mm-hmm. in that nobody knows about. And, you know, they sold drugs for a while. They dealt with that in order to get money that nobody knew about. And this is all somewhat confirmed. It's still kind of conspiracy ish, but the, but you know, the, as far as the media is concerned, I a hundred percent, if I, if you're in the CIA and that's your job to sway public opinion, because you know, we are a democracy. 
why wouldn't they do that? And what, the way that news used to be, it was reporting. You had journalists that would just tell you, this is what happened. Here's this. Here's that. And then we got these 24-hour news channels that got created. And I remember. I don't remember what the first one was, the first 24-hour news network. I, mean, I think it might have been CNN, if I'm not mistaken, where it was 24 hours a day news. Now, how do you have something reporting 24-hour news? That, that was kind of insane at the time because at the time you had newspapers and then you'd have the news come on once a day. Like We need news all the time. Right. So this is when they started creating these shows where you had these opinion these journalists with opinions Mm -hmm. so now they would report the news but then they'd also debate and discuss and have opinions and which ones do you think got the most ratings oh yeah the opinions of course and the more charged they were or the more divisive they were Mm -hmm. the bigger and better ratings just go up the ratings were and so a lot of them kind of sway kind of went to the left a little bit and i think fox was like that counter where they found like oh shit a lot of people want yeah. These conservative views. And honestly, I think part of it is they're probably working with each political party to promote their ideas. I think that's definitely happening. But I also think that the public pushes it to the extreme because who's the ones that are going to get the most? Is it the loud fucking divisive guy or is it the calm kind of objective? You know what I mean? Who's yeah. going to get more more attention? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah like, that's I, the unfortunate truth. Yeah. I mean, we definitely, as consumers, have made that happen because that's what we told them we wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what they gave us. And they, we wanted all these charged opinions because the drama of it and all this shit. And now we lost like good news. Yep. And I think what's interesting with new media is it's so hard to control that we're, and you still see extremism in new media. You actually see it quite a bit, but new media is interesting in that the long form is getting more popular. Like, you know, TV, and I think it's TV was so expensive with ads and all that shit, um, where they would do sound bites and they'd edit it to make it sound exciting. On YouTube, a lot of people are posting like full interviews and full, like without editing. And those are the ones that are getting lots of views because people want to hear the whole story, right. which is different than before, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I, I really appreciate. Yeah, that's good. So anyway, to change change topics a little bit, um, just read this article two days ago that in June, there's a California groundskeeper who's taking uh, Monsanto to court. Oh, I saw this. What? Yeah, and he's they're making a claim that Monsanto hid the cancer den- dangers of their glyphosate, you know, Roundup, the uh, famous weed killer. Uh. This could be huge. Like, yeah. this could be massive. Now, Monsanto and these big biotech companies have incredible amounts of power. Incredible wealth. Not just wealth, internationally. Not just wealth, but um, they're you know these these companies work with farmers that mm-hmm. plant all these crops that get government subsidies, and so you can't separate. It's hard to separate government from. Well, it's the new standard because yeah. they've created these these seeds that are genetically engineered to be able to you know resist uh, insects and like all like it's the it's spray. reliable, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's like you know as a farmer, like it's a tough. That's a tough decision, a tough place to be. It is, but he's he's going to say, hey, you guys knew of the cancer dangers and you guys hit it kind of like, I think they're taking a page out of um, like big tobacco, what happened with the you know tobacco agent, uh, you know, industry when they were saying, oh, it doesn't cause cancer, it doesn't cause cancer, mm-hmm. even though they knew that there was a, a, a cancer connection. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the direction going. If Monsanto loses something like this, expect to see 
a shit ton more lawsuits going that way. Oh, for sure, because they're like the leaders in it. And it's it will be so disruptive to the way that we do farming. Mm-hmm. It will be an interesting thing do you think to watch. Do you think it'll stand it, up? I hope it puts a bunch of black eyes out there, man. I I think... I don't think it will. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't either. I don't, that's why I hope... Here's why I don't think it matters. It feels like the market's already going away from that anyway, doesn't it? Like, you know, uh, organic and non-GMO and all that stuff. So, you know, we say that a lot on the show, and sometimes I feel like that's us being in our own little bubble. Yeah. I think that, but I also think they'll find ways around it. You know, they have so much money and, and power and influence and in, you know, in, in the farming communities that, like, I'm sure, like, they have, like, other plans, like, you know, from, from where to go from here if, if everything's going in the organic direction. Well, we're kind of screwed now because most, I think something like 80, 70 to 90% of all products that aren't organic are still fucked labeled up organic. Soil. Well, no, they just have, um, they, they're, they're, they're GMO. So if it doesn't say organic on it, oh. the odds, the good odds are that it, that it has GMO because they've dominated the market now. They're, they're such a huge market share mm-hmm. where most crops, most corn, most soy, most cotton, you know, is, is GMO. And even wheat that's not GMO is sprayed with glyphosate because now they use it to, to kind of get it ready faster or whatever. It's part of the process. But when they first got introduced to the market in the, I want to say the early 90s, they didn't make up a big percent. They, had a, they weren't making up the market at all. They weren't, they weren't even there. Then when they introduced them in the market, they actually were sued because, you know, if you have GMO corn, I don't have to label that it's GMO corn. So when I put my corn product on the, on the, on the shelf next to your corn product that's not GMO, the consumer doesn't know the difference, and they wanted it that way. They don't want nobody to know the difference because if they labeled genetically modified on there, for sure they would have never achieved eighty percent fucking you know uh, nineteen ninety four. Oh yeah, uh, they would have never uh, you know penetrated the market the way they did, and it went to court, and they the Supreme Court, I think it was the Supreme Court, voted that they didn't have to label it. And the, the, the deciding vote was. I believe uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, who used to, I believe, used to work with uh, these biotech companies. A little conspiracy theory there for yeah. you. Well, um, but if they had labeled it early on, because anything else you do in the market, which is kind of strange, if I put a product together that I patent, so it's a patented product, it's my product that I created, typically I have to label it to separate it from my competitors. Like I can't put out like a phone that looks like Apple mm-hmm. and not say that, you know, if I do that and I don't say it's Apple, I get sued, right? Right. You, everything else works that way. GMOs don't. So nobody knew that they were buying GMO How products. in the hell, like, I remember back when we were voting, like, this is a couple, I don't know if it was a couple of years ago, but they had that law to reveal whether or not it was, you know, GMO. And we, in California, I could not believe that didn't pass. Probably because the because the science is inconclusive on so many things. That's why I guarantee they hint they leveraged on the on so much of that. Well, right? also the uh, the amount of money that comes in uh, from GMO uh, in companies and crops because California. Yeah, but they spun it like I mean, it's the same. What it's, consumer wouldn't want to know? Just have a label on there. Like, doesn't make any sense. To not me. from a consumer, it doesn't. But they battled it in court off the off the us not being able to prove that GMOs are technically that harmful. Yeah. And also the so cost. It's the same thing that we get into debates with people in our space that are pushing products. So they got like an appeal for it? Like did the vote pass is what, what I'm asking. So what? So if you look at California, you know, we're, the Bay Area and the coast, you know, we make all the money, whatever. But the, a lot of California's farm, 
massive percentage of California uh, is farmland. Mm. And I, a lot of it was, hey, if they force us to label, cost is going to go up. We're going to have to lay people off. We're going to mm. change things. It'll And so a lot of From jobs on the line. Yeah, okay, so, I see. I see. And, and so I think they spun Not it like the consu- that. The consumers aren't winning the vote there. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's the employees and the employers yeah, see, that are winning that vote. And I'm not pro like you have to, you know, uh, I'm not pro you have to you put labels on, on things and stuff like that. I'm, I'm anti- like being deceptive that's all so yeah. like if you if you patented it which fine if you don't patent it then do whatever but if it's patented yeah and you're trying not to let anybody know you have it you're playing both yeah. sides yeah come on because they're trying to say oh it's a natural product that's why we don't have to label it what do you mean you patented yeah. it you're not supposed to be able to patent <laughs> yeah. natural products oh no you know it just came up in my feed right now but dude Women accuse Morgan Freeman of inappropriate behavior now. No way. Damn, they keep dropping like flies. I liked Morgan Freeman so much. Yeah, he had the best voice. Yeah, dude. That's fucking such a bummer. Oh, man. All these fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, I can't believe that. You know, it's... Man. When you're... when you're Oh, that was part of that article with Netflix. So remember when I told you I think there's a conspiracy? Remember when I was talking yeah. shit about that way back when? It, so part of that article is is leaning towards that Netflix is part of the responsibility of taking down Hollywood, mm. and that's all part of part of this. Why all these Hollywood stars, all these people, are falling? Because oh, I remember when you joked about that, right? and I was like, "No way!" Yes, yeah. that's the theory behind that whole that whole Netflix post. Wow. Same thing is that these guys are part of all these people falling are these guys that are making sure that they're falling and so they're re- they're rebuilding a new Hollywood which mm-hmm. will be Netflix for us. Our kids kids, right, won't even refer to Hollywood anymore as oh, Hollywood. Hollywood's dead. Hollywood yeah, will be dead. You know, it's dying right now and they're they're accelerating it right now by exposing all these people and they're building up new stars and celebrities on 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 Netflix. So maybe that's behind they're behind the all The one this. thing that I don't like about or the way th- people operate is all you have to do is make an accusation and then that person's oh, so fucked. So not say, I'm not say, I don't know if he's innocent or not, right. but it doesn't matter. No, when you've been on that end and I've been on that end before, it's a really fucking shitty position to be on. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it really sucks when you're you're at a place where people can make an accusation like that and because it's so damning that it doesn't matter if it's true or not, you now become associated with that mm-hmm. and now you have this yep. this, you know, you're tainted. Yep. You know? Yeah. That's uh, who was it that there was a football player that um, college player who got accused of rape, got kicked out, and I believe went to jail, and then was released because then the girl came forward and said, and this is like after he'd been in jail for a few years, so he lost his career. Yeah. All that stuff. She comes out and says she lied. Dude. And that happens. I know. And see, that's what I'm always she waiting should go to jail. Don't you think conclusive? She- yeah, like that. Definitely, she should go to jail. Yeah, well, and I, I definitely think she that, taints dude. the whole. I mean, stuff like that is what it sucks because if you know, like real victims that get raped, like you're you're fucking that up. You yeah. know, like by doing stuff like that, and you're fucking up that guy's life, mm-hmm. like deliberately. I'm yeah. always suspicious when I see things like the article that Doug just pulled up a minute ago, and it's like you know, inappropriate behavior. Like, what the fuck does that mean? What mm. constitutes inappropriate behavior in your eyes? I like, because it's I changed. Wink, it's yeah, changed. Yeah, like, because I, I wink or blow a kiss at some chick. Like, you mean oh, to tell man. me, like, and I did that to eight girls that worked for me at one point, and now I'm posted all over CNN. It's yeah. like this. Yeah. 
this guy who everyone now is associating with like a rapist or someone. Oh my god! Have yeah. you ever seen the show Mad Men? Like that's like how like business like yeah, right. <laughs> used to be back in the day. It was all inappropriate. Yeah, and and I've seen I've seen both men and women be extremely uh, what would be considered oh, inappropriate, but depending on the context, you know. Yeah, I mean, I this is the thing. I was working at a restaurant and got you know molested oh, by, by, man- by my manager. You know, like she was just like come you know grab my ass and like you know grab my junk. And, you know, ran. I didn't, you know, do anything about yeah. it. Well, know? the difference is though, you don't, you didn't feel threatened. I'm no, sure but yeah, I'm not, I'm not comparing <laughs> it to yeah, yeah somebody that's like a real. I'm just saying that like you know inappropriate. Like I could like that could be a labeled inappropriate behavior. But yeah, you know. Well, I'm I'm I tell you what, this this highlights something quite interesting, and it's this this it's a bit of a grand experiment that men and women work together uh, quite a bit. And what I mean by that is I, I don't think that they shouldn't work together. But I think that having a bunch of men and women work together and then expecting zero, yeah, like no sexual tension. That's like come I mean, on. that's against human nature. Yeah. And it's and now you need to have some personal responsibility, of course. Oh, you got to control yourself. Yeah, and, and there need to and be kind of well. there need to be some kind some hard like line, like this is what you don't do type of thing, and you can't leave it so much up to the discretion to the other person because it's like this fuzzy. Like for example, like if 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 a girl likes a guy, and then he says, but "Damn, you got a nice body," she's not gonna feel. She might not feel like that's that's uh, you know um, inappropriate. If she doesn't like the guy and he says that, definitely could get him in trouble and fired. And so what I mean is, you know, it's we're in this kind of strange, you know, fuzzy. And I'm not talking about outright like. You know, assault or touching no, someone. Or- no, that's a, that's an excellent point. Yeah. And, and it's kind of not fair for either party in that situation because you don't know if you're that guy, right? Are you the guy that she does like me? And so mm-hmm. me throwing signals at her, whether that be winking or flirting with her somehow is not a big deal. Or she just totally repulsed by me and then I'm doing that. And so she's turned off and now it's like you said, yeah. like, you the, know, inappropriate. Yeah. So, and it's just. I mean, it's a, it's a growing process. We have to learn how to work together. Dude, talking about working together, I have a story for you guys that's more fitness related since we've been all over the political page here. So Katrina works with this girl who is pregnant right now. And we were talking about it last night because she's like, you know, hon, you know, I, I really feel like there's not a lot of things that I, I ask for your help and I need your help in. But, you know, when I get pregnant, I feel like I'm going to need your help. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, well, I just, I don't know how, how I'm going to feel. And I, it's very important to me that I stay healthy and in shape and that feed the baby this way, this and that. And I see a lot of my girlfriends and the pressures they have. And like, and she's talking about this girl at work and she's like, you know, she's this real fit, cute girl. And she's, you know, a couple months into her pregnancy. And the, the office thing right now is to feed her. Like everybody brings her donuts and cookies and, you know, like every day she's getting it and she's just like, and she's like, she's got a sweet tooth already. So it's already a challenge for her to say no to all that. And Katrina's telling me, she's like, you know, she would never be eating this much if it wasn't for all these people that keep kind of like, and they keep telling her like, you know, you got to feed that baby. It's you. And they're like force feeding her. And and I think that it's just kind of not force feeding her. It's not, they're not literally shoving the donuts, but I mean, they're putting, they're applying that pressure every day Mm -hmm. and encouraging her that she's eating for two and Mm -hmm. make sure you're eating and make sure the baby is fed. And, and it's funny that we have this culture around that, that, you know, that when a woman is pregnant, that she's really eating for two. And I was explaining to her, not only is that completely 
wrong. You don't need that many more calories. No, it's about way. 130 to 150. And what's crazy when I told Katrina is that's based off of your same expenditure naturally where you're at and your movement. If that changes, that changes too. Yeah, so if you move so, less because you're pregnant. Right, which mm-hmm. happens, right? You get mm-hmm. pregnant, your low back starts to hurt, you're fatigued, your hormones are all over the place, so you probably take some naps, you're tired. So your knee gets dropped significantly. Then you're being told by your doctor or your friends mm-hmm. that you need to be feeding and eating more. And you don't. Not only do you not need to be eating yeah. more, and if you were actually keeping up your activity level and you're also pregnant, then it's only about 130 to 150 more calories, mm-hmm. obviously de- depending on the person. Yeah. But I think I think Katrina's would would eat. I mean, you guys are very health conscious, and you guys eat healthy now. Right. I think she'll eat even healthier mm-hmm. uh, when she's pregnant because your understanding of health and nutrition is not. You know, I think a lot of people, they go crazy when they get pregnant and they eat whatever because the relationship to food is not good. Right. But if you have a good, healthy relationship with food and you look at it as like taking care of myself, loving my body, whatever, when you add a child to that, oh, I don't think it's I feel like better. it intensifies one or the other. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's so how if, I think. Yeah. It's like if you already have bad, poor relationship, like it's just going to like heighten because now it's an excuse. Or on the other end of that, you're going to be researching and you're going to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to get all the, the essential, you know, minerals, nutrients and things I need, you know, to really help this baby foster and grow. And that's a really good point. Yeah. And I, cause that's what I said to her was like, that's how my wife was too. So. I told her, I was like, you know, I don't see you being like that. And I know I won't. I said, I know the type of discipline that I've applied myself to get on a stupid stage in a, in a bathing suit and pose for a plastic trophy. If I got, if my child is on the way, like I'm on, like I'm like dialed more than I've ever been dialed because to me that is the, yeah. that it, to me matters more than, and it's only nine months. Like if I can discipline myself to make the best healthy choices, whether it be that be through movement or feeding or getting sunlight or whatever it is that, that I can do to help us as a team, like I'm on it. Like yeah. I'm going to be on my game. And, and what you eat when you're pregnant it influences the baby in the besides the obvious like how they develop and all that stuff. Yeah. It also influences their preferences mm-hmm. when they're and I and this is by the way it's not I'm not just making this up. There's science to support this, but I see these firsthand. So when I was when I was married with in, in when my at the time when my wife was pregnant, she definitely was not at the same you know intensity when it comes to fitness and health. Now generally healthy, generally you know stayed active. But not like I was. And so she would just eat whatever. But when she was pregnant with my son, the things that she wanted to eat a lot of were vegetables. Uh, She wanted to eat uh, olives, which was kind of strange. And the funny thing is my son loves those things, right? My daughter, now when she was pregnant with my daughter, she went nuts on the bread and pasta, you know? Mm -hmm. And I would talk to her about it and whatever. Very difficult conversation to have with someone who is pregnant because they also don't feel good and all that stuff. And so it, it sounds like you're being insensitive, right? But I would say like, uh, you probably shouldn't eat as much bread. It's not good for the baby and it's whatever. And they'd be like, oh, are you calling me fat? It's very difficult to <laughs> have this conversation. Oh, no. But she did. She ate a shit ton of bread and pasta. And for sure, my daughter has this very interesting relationship with bread and pasta where mm-hmm. she, has, she'll, she'll, she has no limit on it. She'll just keep going until her stomach hurts or whatever. So it's funny to see that, you know, play itself out or whatever. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. so. Yeah. I, I think mean, they, they just keep finding so many things that, that factor into that like beginning stage process. So you just, I mean, the more conscious you are of everything, your environment, your food intake, your movement and all that, the better. Oh I think, yeah. I think you said it really well, Justin. I really, I think that makes a lot of sense to me that it's, it's like what I, how I explain people that steroids, like people always go like the steroid, I hear steroids make you an asshole, you know, like, like, like pregnancy, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like pregnancy makes you fat, like for sure. Like, no, it's, 
it just exaggerates some of your issues or some of your stuff already. So if you're already kind of an asshole and you get on steroids, like you're, you're just a more muscular asshole. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're an exaggerated <laughs> yeah, yeah. version of that. And so I could see if you have a poor relationship with food and exercise already and you, uh, that's a struggle and then you go into pregnancy, I could see that that just exaggerates that and then it makes it even more challenging. Whereas if you are somebody who is extremely health conscious going into that, it probably will exaggerate that too. That because now you're not you're not thinking selfishly. Mm-hmm. You're also thinking about the baby's life. Mm-hmm. So I could see one, that. one of my favorite observations too with with pregnancy, and you'll you, you'll see this if you know you guys end up going that route. Is you know women when you see women around each other and they don't know each other. Sometimes it's an interesting relationship, especially if your girlfriend, like if you go out and Katrina's dressed very you know provocatively and she looks good or whatever. Sometimes you'll see the looks of like. Uh, who does she think she is or whatever you see girls do this with each other it, 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 it's it's interesting to watch when she's pregnant every woman is her best friend she'll get front of lines they'll pull out chairs for her yeah. they'll buy her shit women stick together mm-hmm. to take care of pregnant women and it's so fascinating yeah. to watch I remember we'd go places and my wife would be pregnant and it's like women would just walk up to her and just love her and take care of her and and it was like, never happens any other time. I would never see it like that. This is why I totally. think it's, that's why I thought it was fascinating what these people are doing as far as like, they're, they're not, they don't bring her donuts and cookies during the, the rest of the year. Yeah. It's right now. It's almost trying a, to show love. Right. Like and, and I think they don't, they don't mean harm by it. Right. Like they really think they're no, doing a good misguided, thing. Yeah. Right. It's totally misguided. It's just a misconception that we have in, in our culture that when a woman gets pregnant, that she's eating for two. And so if you're one of these ladies that are friends with a pregnant woman, you're like, oh, I'm going to bring her a cake. I'm gonna show her. <laughs> yeah. I bet she'd love that. Like, yeah, oh, that's- my God. It's so funny. Everybody also like just comes up and randomly touches. Yeah, belly touch like my wife would just like I do that. People would just come up and touch yeah. her like yeah. all the time, and she's like, "Hey, yeah. you know, like, hey, what's going on here? I help make that. Aren't you patting yeah, me? Yeah, across? Yeah, yeah, I was like, nobody's giving me any love. Yeah, give me a little ball tap. Yeah. Hey, man. Good job yeah. with those guys. Little ball tap. Hey, good game, man. You know, you really performed. Yeah. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. Our first question is from Grace Barga. What are your thoughts on vasectomies? Do oh. you personally believe they affect sex drive, hormones, or prostate cancer? And would you ever get one? Oh, dude, I'm Speaking partial to be a pregnancy. <laughs> this is the I'm avoiding pregnancy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm, I'm in this stage right dude, now. Dude, how about the YouTube that Ben Greenfield just did for us? The the what's in my bag, and he put on the the blue blockers. Oh my god! And he saw oh. that uh, birth control. Yeah, birth control when he goes my, out. You know, he puts them on. My life, my wife loves it when I wear these. <laughs> it's like birth control. He killed that <laughs> video. Though. That was awesome. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't, dude, I don't know about this, man. I don't, you know, it's funny because vasectomies are sold as risk free, problem free, super simple, easy ways to. And yet, I've heard many a story yeah. of problems the, that had occurred. Yeah, come on. Here's a, here's a fact. Okay. Here's a fact. No medical procedure is it's without foolproof. its potential right. side effects and issues. So that's 100%. And you're going in there and you are literally removing, surgically preventing the the body from 
you know, releasing sperm or having doing sperm something out. that has been in us for right. the entire right. time of existence right. that you are shutting down. Well, your 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 body still makes sperm; it just doesn't yeah. come out. Right. And so there's a yeah, there's, where does it go? Well, you, here's a few things that could happen. And I don't want to scare anybody. By the way, if you compare vasectomy to like getting a woman a woman having her tubes tied, vasectomy much safer, much less potential for side effects. Oh yeah. If you compare it to like birth control. Much less side effects, much less. So, of all the the strategies, besides the natural strategies where you're you know you're you're timing her ovulation, pull out method and condoms, um, it's probably one of the better options. But you know when you prevent the body from getting the, that sperm out, your body can actually develop an immune, an autoimmune uh, reaction and response to its own sperm. So that's been shown. So you can increase your your risk of autoimmune. So if you're somebody who has already high risk of autoimmune issues. Then your the the odds and this is speculation. There's not really any science to support what I'm about to say, but in, in my opinion, if you're already somebody who has a tendency towards autoimmune issues, you'll probably have a higher risk of having an autoimmune reaction to a vasectomy. Um, does it affect sex drive, hormones, and prostate cancer? You know, here's the thing: some studies show that it affects hormones. It may re, it may reduce mm. testosterone. I, I 100% believe this because even it. if even if it's not doing it. Physically, I see how it could do it psychologically. Mm, good point. I mean, so even if there, even if the like, there, I think there could be some possible physical things that happen there. But even if that is not true, I could see the psychological difference that it could do for a man. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that, mm-hmm. just knowing that I can't rep- reproduce anymore, you cannot fucking tell me that that doesn't sit in the back of your head. And that does. And what I know now about my my own libido and being a, a grown ass man that's not a teenage boy that wants to hump everything. And now that a day at work of stress can completely affect my sex drive, mm-hmm. I most certainly think that if you take away the ability for me to reproduce, and I know that in the back of my head, I don't know, that would be the same, not the same, but a similar type of stress that I know my body would feel if I knew that my bank account was empty and I had a mortgage coming up <laughs> at the end of the month. Like, that doesn't, that's not physically yeah. going to keep me from having a kid, but you better believe that it will psychologically because I know how my body operates and I respond. Well, testosterone for sure is affected by state of mind. For sure. You could literally yep. think something. And we can immediately see changes in your testosterone levels, like like most hormones, um, they can get affected through you know through thoughts. But the science for there were there were some studies that showed a a correlation between uh, vasectomies and prostate cancer, so, and then other studies came out and said okay there is no correlation. So that one is interesting. Hormones, there's some science to show that it may increase DHT. Uh, which is a form of testosterone that attaches to that, that, you know, where your, your prostate has an affinity for prostate in your scalp um, and lowers testosterone. That's again, that's also up in the air. Um, you know, mm. I don't know. Would I? You know, would I ever get one? You I both mean, have talked about it, so yeah. I actually scheduled one and was like completely going through the entire process where like they make sure like, do you really want to do this? And like, you have to. Um, you know, go through all the literature and watch the videos and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, uh, and so I went through all that and then was, was trying to schedule a date to then meet with a physician, met with a physician. And then we had like a scheduled date for the actual surgery. 
And so you get like a time of like, I don't know if it's like three months or something like that where you have to go. And then after that, it's like, okay, now you got to repeat the whole process. So they make we were, you do a whole rigmarole before you. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because probably to make sure people are certain. Yeah, they no, because you're certain of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think they're just, it's, it's a legal thing, right. Too, on top of that. Like, mm. so like we, we did all the due diligence, like leading So up why did to you back surgery. out? What happened? I mean, what was I, it? The, I, I just. I kept thinking about it, and um, I I was gonna do it, but the, the, just the timing of it with uh, our schedule and everything else, and so I kind of just sloughed it off and then forgot about it, and uh, was like, I I need to do more research on this to see like counterpoints because I've heard even some of my friends that um, have have had the procedure, um, you know, one one guy it actually didn't even work, so like he actually got his wife pregnant. Anyways, oh, boy, I'd be fucking mad. I was like, that should happen. and so he he just said that, right? And that planted a seed in my head. Like, I'm gonna go through this, and it still might like get my wife pregnant. I was like, fuck, oh. like that would be the ultimate, right? When you guys were trying for your boys, was it? Did you guys get pregnant right away, or was it a process? Yes. Well, so that's the thing that, and this is very. So like, you're really good at this private information, but yeah, she was on birth control, and it still boom. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are hyper fertile. Yes, bro. I, like it, Your that, DNA is supposed to mix. Yeah. So I was just like, we were both floored by that because it was only a year into our marriage. And it was like, I wasn't like, like well, we were playing on a couple years in, but we just were like, oh, okay. So that's, <laughs> that's that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was like, so it's, it's one of those things I do worry about. Yeah. So for, you know, for me, Right after my divorce, yeah, you talked about this also. Yeah, right after my divorce, I would I was like, done. I'm gonna go get a vasectomy, um, and and that's it. And then I started dating Jessica, and obviously fell in love, and still didn't, still was like, I'm not having any kids at all. But you know, it's interesting, the kind of relationship that we have. She allows me, or or encourages, you know, self awareness, and or allows me to be to express my myself, and I don't feel judged or whatever. And she's young, you know, she's young, and I'm sure she and she doesn't have any kids. But really, what I was doing is I was thinking to myself, you know, I have so much fear post divorce of ever being in a situation like that again. Like, is my decision to never want to have kids again? based on the fact that I really don't want to have kids ever again? Or is it based on my fear mm. of the fact that I got divorced after 15 years and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and that whole process? Like, it's almost like when you're with someone and then you have a terrible breakup, like you never want to date again or whatever, like your fear of commitment. Now, that was a real question for me. Like, is, is this really, is it really because I'm scared? Because here's the thing. If you go back, you know, 20 years and you asked me actually you go back my entire life up until when my up until maybe maybe six or seven years into my marriage if you had asked me at any point how many kids I'd wanted I would have always said a lot I want big family and the truth is I love big families now this isn't saying I'm gonna have another kid what it what it's saying is you know I had to examine that and a vasectomy so permanent you know yeah. and the other side of it is I I've always used the pullout method I've never even while I was married or whatever, I've never used any birth control um, aside from the good old fashioned, you know, pull out method. And, my, and when I was married, my wife wasn't on birth control, so it wasn't like. Well, did whatever. you guys? Mo- I mean, because there's what do they say there's only like really three days of the month that yeah. she's supposed to even be able to have a, have a kid. Like, were you at least tracking her? Never. It was always pull out method. I've oh got, wow! I, I'm really good. I'm really good at it. So I, <laughs> I never fuck up ever. Just 
Only Spider-Man. Tw- yeah. Only twice. Yeah, no, no, never <laughs> fuck up. I know I'm really fertile because when we tried for my kids, it was fast. It was easy. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's my personal opinion. But, you know, if you're in a situation where pregnancy would be devastating, um, then it's probably a good it's probably a good option. I think it's probably a better option than birth control. I mean, actually, uh, for my opinion, I think it's very much. Well, a I think option. where it, yeah. where it gets uh, the question is for especially for guys like us that are now moving into our forties and then mid forties to fifties, and then wives and girls are not going to well, they're not going to want to get pregnant at that age anymore. And so it's more about that. Like right now, it's I think it's pretty easy for us to kind of go. Eh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Back and forth. And that's because if if it were something to happen, right? If if Jessica somehow got pregnant yep. or Courtney somehow got pregnant, like it would not be the end of the world. Like it would be. Well, you know. I, we had an experience like that not that yeah. long ago where she, she she was late her period for I think it was a week or something like that. I think I told you guys. And when she told me, of course, first I was like, "Are you?" I got fucking terrified. I was like, "You're kidding me!" I just got, you know, a year and a half ago <laughs> or whatever. Or two, I got divorced. You know, yes, I'm in love and all that stuff, but I'm still very scared. And holy shit, what if she's pregnant? And then I thought about it and I, I, you know, and personally for me, there are, if if she was pregnant, there is no, I'm not, I would never do a, a, I would never want to do like an abortion or anything like that. That's my own personal view. Mm -hmm. Um, I think everybody has their own views, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought about that. I'm like, okay, if she is, you know, and this is just how I, I tend to tackle situations that are scary is I imagine that that's that's the that's the deal. Like, okay, let's say she is pregnant. Uh, well, this is what we'll do. We'll do this. Well, that. I lo- I do love her. I do want to be with her. I think she would be an excellent mom. So I told her. I said I, I came home that that day and I said, look, let's like this is that's what happened. This is cool. We're gonna do this with that. And then she told me she's like, oh, I got my period actually. So it was like it was almost like I said, the, like, the, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, it was almost like the perfect <laughs> thing. But you know, for yeah, again, for me. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, it's almost like you think to yourself, like, well, are you the kind of person that says it's? Are you the kind of person that thinks, uh, like it's if it's meant to be kind of person, or are you mm-hmm. the kind of person that thinks that mistakes happen? Yeah. And so I've been on either side of that, you know what I mean? And I kind of waver between the two. But yeah, I mean, if you cho- if you have to look at all the birth control methods that are not that don't include the natural methods or the con- you know condoms or barrier methods or whatever, and you were weighing them out. I think it's pretty clear that vasectomy is probably the safest and least likely to produce yeah. negative side effects. I think that's what we came to conclude, and that's why I'm still debating on it because it's like I she's been on birth control for a long time now, so it's like I want to get her off the birth control. So, and uh, but anyway, we'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question is from Thayer two five one three. Why do you believe so many poor thought or behavior patterns in adulthood? Are rooted in childhood because they are. Yeah. <laughs> Why is the sky blue? Because it yeah, is. Because it is. Because that's yeah. exactly what happens. I mean, you can't help it. People don't realize that you know ninety eight percent of what you what you see and hear throughout your day, every single day, your brain is downloading. It is downloading and it's storing and it's saving it in there. And when you see, and you're not even aware of it, you're not aware of it. Ninety eight percent of it is subconscious. You know, we're only conscious of two percent of the information that we're, we're we're downloading and processing throughout your day. So, yeah, you better believe that if you if you grew up in a home where you saw things that habitually all the time, over and over, that was you're you're downloading that information mm-hmm. all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And so, more than likely, you're going to have tons of pathways that lay, lead to this potentially bad behavior that is your default. 
that when you get angry or sad or feared or things that will trigger those moments of what you probably felt when you were seven, eight, nine years old and don't even remember anymore, that naturally you kick over to that that pathway. Mm, yeah. And it's very, very hard for people to break that. And the first fucking step is recognizing you got that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, say admitting that you got that I do have these patterns that are that are and it doesn't mean necessarily so and I'll give you an example of like it doesn't necessarily mean because I grew up in a around an abusive home, it doesn't mean I'm going to go turn around and abuse somebody. It doesn't mean that. Like I, that's not what what I mean. At least when I talk about these behaviors or patterns that you get from childhood, but I most certainly am influenced by them. Mm-hmm. Now, luckily for me, I've ma- I've sub- I've made the conscious decision to make an effort to go the other direction. But part of what makes me so extreme, the other direction, is because, again, of those pathways that have been f- been formed and shaped in my brain from my childhood. So absolutely, it's there. And, and I still have to work on the, the opposite, right? Because I'm so extreme the other way. Like, I was the type of guy where literally... If a girl raised her voice to me or even like slightly got into an argument with me, I was deuces. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. Well, I, Shut be, down. She could be living with me too. You could be living with me. We've been together for over a year. Like I'm packing the bags that night. Like I was so, I'm so afraid of, you know, controversy and argument and fights and stuff like that. And some might even argue there's some healthiness to that. Like, and I'm so, no, there's nothing healthy about it because I've had these these patterns that are formed in my brain from what I've seen. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a bad person or because of your you, you, these bad behaviors you have that it's all from childhood. It's not necessarily, it's not all or nothing. It's not guaranteed you're going to be a certain way, but absolutely yeah. it's downloaded. Well, the, the brain is the brain is very plastic. It's, it's plasticity meaning that the brain molds and shapes itself based on its uh, you know, input. Based on input, based on you know what's around you, the thoughts you have, the experiences you have, and all that stuff, but it's extremely plastic, or at least the plasticity in a child's brain is far higher than it is in an adult brain. So here's a simple example: if you learn four languages from birth up until you know adulthood, you'll speak all four languages without an accent, right. fluently and perfectly. Now, and as an adult, you can also learn four languages. But the the primary language that you understand, the one that you learned as a child, will be the one without an accent. All the other ones, you'll always have an accent. So that's just an example of it. So the child a child's brain is literally like a sponge because what it's doing is it's it's pruning uh, connections that it thinks it doesn't need, and it's solidifying connections that it thinks it definitely needs. Meaning, and if it's something that it keeps seeing repeatedly over, it solidifies. It solidifies and, it. <laughs> and to break and to break that connection is very, very, very difficult mm-hmm. as you become an adult, and may in fact be impossible in some in some cases, but definitely very, very difficult. So, your brain is molded and shaped during uh, its most plastic period as a child, based on your experiences, and then when you become an adult, although you don't lose total plasticity. You lose a, a a huge deal of it, mm-hmm. so it's 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 no different. Look, it's like this. It's Just, crazy to me that when, when we only we only give credit to this or we only talk about it when it's like an extreme version of it. Like no one no one questions why a, a child who was molested their whole entire childhood why they're so fucked up sexually yeah, yeah, yeah. all their entire adulthood. Right. No one questions that. Because we, 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 oh, everyone sees it and goes, oh my God, I can't no believe wonder. it. No wonder. But that's just an extreme example yeah. of exactly that. 
Yeah, it's there's there's much lesser cases that nobody talks about that. Yeah, like listen, your relationship with food, your relationship. Yeah, if, if if your parents constantly told you that you you know you weren't going to be good at something or yes. you're or you're whatever, like, and you were told that forever, like, and you don't think that that is affecting you as a twenty five or a thirty or forty year old grown man or woman, like you're fucking tripping. Oh, you identify with you know your your peers that that say things about you or your body, you know, growing up, it makes like a huge impression on you know, your, your psychological health going forward, like what you're going to, you know, fixate on. And, and, you know, like there's things that come up too that, um, are, are really subtle that, um, it's interesting because like people around you will notice, like if they know your childhood, they know your parents, they know, then they'll start to see these sort of patterns come out. Like, you know, if I I start to talk in a certain way or like, uh, it's funny because Courtney kind of checks me and, and sees things that like my parents do that like i'll start to like recite or repeat and i'm like ah no you know like the whole you're turning into your parents kind of a thing right um and and then <laughs> you you know immediately that that sends like shock waves down you know I'm like oh my god no or, or or it's the good things too so um it's just recognizing that now as an adult that uh, those impressions they really stayed with you yeah, it's rooted here's a good analogy if you have a 23 year old who starts working out, their body will adapt and respond to the workout and they'll build muscle and burn body fat. If you have a 70-year-old that starts working out, they too, their body will also adapt and react and respond to build muscle and burn body fat. The difference between the two is the potential, the capacity. The 23-year-old has a much larger capacity for those changes and the 70-year-old doesn't. And this is what I mean by the plasticity of the brain in a child versus in an adult. And it also, to add another layer to that, those changes, when they're made during those formative years, it becomes very hard to change them back or or reverse them when you're an adult because you lose a lot of that plasticity. So you just- Right, you must, most, of the, most of the foundation is set in five to seven years old. A lot of it is. Yeah. A lot of it- that is. The, if you're talking about, if your dude, brain is like building a home, like the foundation is five to seven. Dude, they'll do these, they have, people will adopt children from like uh, you know uh, Eastern European nations or whatever, right? I'll give you just an example, and they'll have a child who's two years old, or one year old, or even maybe old, younger than one, and they'll adopt this baby. But the but the child or the baby has a uh, history of terrible abuse as an infant. They will still have developmental issues and stuff later on. It is like especially in the early, early, early years. That brain is changing and molding at such a fucking rapid rate that, uh, I mean, it makes a, a huge impact. So the things you grow up with, they kind of stay with you. I think the root, the key, I should say, is to know that, be aware of it so that it doesn't r- rule you or run your life or so you don't have these irrational fears or irrational behaviors or bad relationships with people based on experiences in the past that have nothing to do with the experiences in the present i mean i I love that you picked this question because so much of this is i think is matters so much for somebody who's trying to change their physique right whether it be lose 30 pounds or build muscle or like much of the the drive towards all of that that goal is rooted in in something much deeper than you realize and when you get to the bottom of that and that's not that's not demonizing wanting to get in shape at all i fucking that's a great thing to be want to be healthy and in shape but just really understanding where your motives come from and and i think 
being able to unpack that is is so important. Dude, pers- I, I I was so I mean, uh, like if you called me skinny, you know, when I was a kid, it's like the worst fucking thing you could say to me. Yeah, and it's all because I had developed this self conscious, you know, uh, this 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 bad association with the word because I was called skinny all the time, and I felt inadequate. And then I've got this, you know, super fit athletic dad that I wanted to be like, and I was nothing like in that in that particular regard, and so that drove me for so long. It's still in me. I'm just aware of it. So it doesn't rule me anymore. But it's still there. I know it's still there. I can, I can feel it. I can see it when, you know, but am I, uh, but does it, does it run me and rule me like it used to? Not even close. It, it, it drove me so much in the past and I was so unaware of how it drove me that if you brought it up to me, I would have consciously denied it. Like, what are you talking about? That's not why, I, that's not why I do this. That's not why I force feed myself. You know, I'm eating healthy. I'm in, I'm into fitness. When looking back, I could clearly see dysfunction, you know, the entire time. My relationship with food with my kids, boy, that's a tough one, man. I was raised where, you know, you show a kid love by feeding the hell out of them. And if the kid leaves the house without eating, that's you're a terrible parent. Mm-hmm. And that was so ingrained in me. I mean, you know, parents following their kids around with food. My grandma would follow us around and she would pride herself in being able to feed her grandkids more than everybody else and people loved it oh have no enough feed the kids she'll get them to eat everything and everybody like oh my god she's the greatest like what i just did this the other day we were at uh, uh my daughter's communion and you know uh we were all eating or whatever and my cousin's daughter finished her whole plate and so and and this nobody's bad here this is not a, a bad thing because you're doing it on, you're not you're doing this with good intentions she finishes her plate so mom makes a big deal about it Hey, everybody, look, she ate everything. Everybody say, yay. The whole table's like, yay, you ate all your food. And I'm like, why? <laughs> why are we doing that? Like, why are we all yeah. clapping that they ate everything? Like, if they want to eat, they do. And if they don't, they don't. And yeah. you're making it seem like you're good if you eat everything. And if you don't, yeah. you're bad. And I was raised in that environment. It's an old mindset. It's the scarcity, you know, back it's in so the day, crazy. it was like everything. So crazy. I, learned how to, I think learn how to make peace with it and use it to your benefit. Sure. I sure. mean, I think that's what an example for you would be talking about like the workout thing. I, I can totally relate to that. Now, the strength of that, that's why a guy like me can compete at the professional level because I have this switch. But I also have the control to get myself out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To know that like I don't identify with that guy. Yep. But what's dope is I know that I have I've got this power that I've been given because of the shit that I've been through that has now made me into this machine where I can turn it on, where I go, okay, everything else, tunnel vision, boom, I could hit achieve this goal. Right. But the you know, nineteen year old version of me we would have got which is so good that I didn't find even competing in bodybuilding until now later oh, yeah. on. Because I could have easily been sucked into it that. Spiraled. Yeah, yeah, it would have easily spiraled me and I would have I could have easily caught up and got caught up in that and identify with that. But I I went into it already not identifying with that my body yeah. and my and the guy the skinny kid. You'd already done I, a lot of work up until Yeah, that I've already point. did that work. Yeah. It was good for me to experience it like at 30, well, I mean, 30 years old. Same you know, same here. I wouldn't be able to say what I say or communicate the way I communicate had I not experienced that. Yeah. Like when I would get clients with eating issues and body image issues Man, I was really good with them, but it was because I know exactly what's happening, what's come, where they're coming from. I had that experience, and so I, I don't regret it at all. I, I think it was a, it's a blessing. I think all of these things can be blessings, but for sure, we're somewhat a product of how we grew up and our experiences as children. Right. Yep. Next up is Jupini. 
Hey. 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 <laughs> what is the difference between a good morning and a deadlift? A uh, Japini. Japini. Kind, of, yeah. kind of a weenie. That's probably yeah, why you asked it. What's a racist? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a cool question because I it's think- It's a good question. I think that they uh, they could look very similar to people. We're, we're working the posterior chain, um, but uh, I would use them- uh, Totally different. Oh, so different. Yeah, but the feel is so different. I mean, a good morning is all. Yeah, it's your knees. All hamstring. Yeah, your knee. Your knees are supposed to be, you know, in a in a bent but fixed position, so you're not getting any knee flexion or extension. It's all in the hips. The weight is on your back, and the reason why I like a good morning, the the reason why I do good mornings, all on top of stiff legged deadlifts, mm-hmm. which I'm assuming they're talking about, right? A stiff legged deadlift. Oh, versus a good I morning. see. Yeah, because that would be the most like similar. Similar. Yeah. yeah. It's the it's the posture top because when you have the bar on your back with a good morning, you have to squeeze the shoulder down and back, stick mm-hmm. the chest out like you're squatting, and then bend forward. Versus a Do you know what I really it? like about a good morning in comparison to the deadlift? It's a it's a great way to teach the hip hinging because you because yeah. ha- like you're saying how you have to keep the bar balanced on your back like that. Mm-hmm. You just you can't fold. You no, can't you cheat. fold. You, you can't bar bring your right shoulders forward. Right, but yeah. if you did a deadlift, you could round your back. You can fall. You can yeah, do. You, you can contract the shoulders easy. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit when I'm and and the cue to hinge at the hips versus bending over is one of the hardest things as a trainer to teach a client to do. Yeah. We lose we lose this ability to hinge, slide the hips back and forward and control it through the glutes instead of bending at the knee and using the quads to go up and down. And that's, people- that's a good point. I mean, I always like, I mean, trying to reiterate that as they're going to pick it up because your body just like innately wants to kind of help. It and, wants and, to bend. And wants to bring those shoulders down yeah. and forward and then rip off the, off the ground. And you have to fight all these natural tendencies. And so to be able to have the bar placed and put your body in a position where it puts you in that optimal posture. That's a great teaching I think, tool. I think, I think of like a good morning is like teaching a, uh, like let's say we're trying to teach someone a golf swing. I'm using like the, a good morning is like the half the swing, like just the, the, the breaking of the wrist and just kind of learning how to do that. And I'm, I'm talking about golf and I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. My point, <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get the point, right? right. Uh, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> right. Let's keep going with this. <laughs> you're, you're getting ready to ride a golf thing yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, so we're getting Justin's ready. Justin's over here quizzing me like, oh, that does, like, that's oh, actually I'm not at all how you do that, go with this. Yeah. <laughs> But you know that if you're, if I'm breaking that, I, all I'm doing is I'm, I'm working on one part of an important part of this compound movement that I eventually want to get to, which is the deadlift. The deadlift is the full swing. And I think that I like using a good morning. And they both are can be practiced separately. So I think there's a lot of benefit to practicing them separately. I think there's a lot more benefit to teaching somebody a good morning first before a deadlift. A deadlift has more moving parts and it's more challenging to not allow your body to cheat or to go to default bad patterns. Yeah, that God, makes sense. Boy, has, have times changed. You know, it wasn't that long ago that if, if somebody in a gym was doing a good morning, they would have been stopped by every trainer in there and every other, everybody that was working out and saying, stop, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Because it looked it looked bad back then. You got a weight on your back and you're bending over, which I'm not, not, not joking, 15, 20 years ago, like everybody would say, don't do that. That's terrible for you. Before that, 40, 50 years before that, a good morning was a strength exercise. It was one of the top, This it was like a, it was a staple in uh, strength athletes' uh, routines. In fact, they would compete you know, like today, if you say, how much can you bench? That's a very common thing to hear. Back then, like, how much can you do overhead press and good morning? Those were kind of two exercises, you know, bent press and other kind of stuff. But that was an exercise that people would test themselves. You can get tremendously strong uh, doing good mornings. 
um, if you practice them right and you train them properly. At one point, I think I got myself up to almost four plates um, on a good morning. It's a very strong hip hinging movement. It forces you to focus on retracting your shoulder blades, mm-hmm. holding good posture while you bend forward, bracing your core. I noticed a lot of carryover from good mornings to uh, deadlifts and good mornings to squats. Oh, yeah. I remember when I started doing good, good mornings, I would I was able to squat uh, no, it's more an, weight. No, it's an excellent way to te- teach the hip hinge. And I mm-hmm. think that that's a hard thing for people to understand. Even like when someone goes to squat, like yeah. most people are like just bending at the knee. They let their shoulders ro- roll forward. Good morning is excellent for, for getting you good at those things. Did, I, did anybody good do good mornings back when you got, I don't remember anybody. No, you're morning. right. When you would see it, you would think somebody is. Freak out. Yeah, you would oh. freak out like someone's doing something. I did it. it. I remember going into a gym and I was doing good mornings and like I would have people actually stop and like random old guys would come over and be like you're gonna hurt yourself like 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 really concerned you know with the movement because they just haven't seen people do i'm like no this is a i got i got this grandpa yeah i'm all right step aside go over the good girl bad girl machines what about what what about the jefferson curl that would that would have been one that would get kicked you out oh yeah actually somebody brought that up recently we ought we we ought to do a youtube video doug on on a jefferson curl that's been on our list for a long time and people will freak out oh they will get all kinds of hate on youtube because we're taught a while we've been taught now that you're not supposed to ever round your back with weight on it now for for a lot of exercises that's true but does that mean you shouldn't strengthen your spine's ability to flex and extend of course not it's a movement here's a here's something that's important that you need to understand is if you can if if your body can move a particular way with good stability good balance good strength then that's okay. Then that's an option. Then that's an option. And if it can't, then you should be, you're, you're, one of the goals is to try and get your body strong to move in all these different ranges of motion all over. Right. And the spine, although we do want it to be stable with heavy exercises like you know, squats and deadlifts, the spine is very mobile. It's lots of joints. There's more joints in the spine than there is you know, in terms of you, know, like oh. you have one joint in your knee or whatever, or a few moving parts, right? Your kneecap and your, and your knee and your shoulders, got your shoulder blade and all that stuff. Your spine is a bunch of joints. I was amazed going through FRC just to see how people could connect to the spine, you know, and like the, articulate how they, it. They, how they can articulate each individual, you know, vertebrae and like how they could just like go through the process of like with the central nervous system, like, oh, you know, now like this part of my back is, is activated and you'd actually visibly see that as their, their back would raise or lower. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just like the human body is, it's so much more sophisticated than, you know, a lot of the, we just put red tape all over the place just to make mm-hmm. sure people don't fuck themselves up. And yet, you know, everybody's okay with CrossFit. So that's all I have to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One of the best butt building exercises that you can do that nobody ever does is a good morning yeah. with a band uh, attached around your waist going behind you. So what ends up happening is you, you lean forward, you have the resistance of the weight when you come up which a regular good morning hits your glutes anyway and hamstrings, hamstrings especially. But with the band around your waist, when you're coming up, now you have the resistance at the top of the rep where you're trying to squeeze your glutes. I tell you what, man, I've had people do that and it's like they feel their butt like they've never felt before. We should do a video, in fact. Yeah, there you go. There's another video, Doug. There it is. <laughs> Doubling up. Next question is from Very Cool Allen. What if are I you, like working- Are you, Allen? <laughs> yeah, let's you know be honest. I mean? Yeah, you got to say it. What if I like working a normal job 
Does that mean I'm lame? Well, you're obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> you answered your own question, uh, Alan. <laughs> sounds pretty Ned Flanders to me. Very cool, Alan. Yeah. You know what I mean? God, why don't we need no. to use the word lame more often. No, right? I, I love like, lame. I, I always lo- use lame. I love lame, too. No, I don't think you're lame, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's some people that uh, I think that we're born to serve, that we're okay with, with that, and I think there's nothing wrong with it. Good book, uh, Fred Factor. Um, I used to have all my like front desk and sales guys all all do this, and I think that it's it's a it's a good little read that you can find fulfillment, happiness, and success uh, working in a position where you work for a company or others or serve other people. Like there's there's a lot of ways that you can be fulfilled that way that does isn't necessarily meaning you've got to own or run your own no. thing. Yeah. I think a lot of people. I think there's more people that think. Oh, there you go, Doug. Thank you, Mark Sanborn. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people that think entrepreneurship is cool. <laughs> it's fucking wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's not as cool as you think it is. That's annoying. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, no, they just like like breeze right over like all the difficulties and the challenges, and then just glorify. You know, like it's this like awesome experience. It's not it's even like cool for to everybody. Say, it's not even cool to say entrepreneur anymore. I hate no. when I, I catch myself saying it still. Like, oh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. It's like you know, what? I just that lumps me in with a bunch of fucking lazy ass people, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that are too lazy to get a fucking job and work for somebody so they want to say they do their own thing which is really nothing somebody with a social media page <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm like, I've got to ch- we got to change this dude I don't want yeah. to call us entrepreneurs anymore because it's getting lumped in with no people. I think this is it's a good question because it kind of highlights a, a, a problem sometimes that kids run into where they're sold so heavy on what you're what you need to do to, that makes you happy and if you're not if you're happy doing something else something's wrong with you yeah like what if you know, and here's here's a great example. Wow, here's a fantastic example. And we've done this terrible disservice to the trade arts mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. Terrible disservice. For a while there, it was popularized through the media and TV and movies and whatever that working with your hands and, and having being in a trade like a plumber, construction worker, electrician, mechanic, yeah. electrician was somehow you know, not good. And it was better to work in an office, get a degree and do those kinds of things. And as a result, all these kids went to college to get many of them worthless degrees arts degrees because that, you know, that's what they're supposed to do. And this is the way to guarantee whatever. And the, these other trades lost a lot of people when they're good paying jobs, you can make a shit ton of money as a plumber and electrician. And if you like doing that, well then, fuck. That's great. That's a great job. That's something. It's a great career. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways you could take that career. You could work for someone else, or you could start. I have a cousin who's who's a plumber. He's got 15 employees working under him. Dude makes a shit ton of money, and that's what he wants to do. And as, I think this kind of highlights that. It's like, you know. And here's the thing with entrepreneurship. Here's why it's it's cool because all the stories that you know about entrepreneurs are all the extreme successes. That's why. When I say, hey, tell me a story about an entrepreneur that you've heard. Oh, Elon Musk, he's a fucking, you know, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. Well, yeah, those are the successes. You don't know about the other, you know, million people that tried it and and failed miserably, lost their their money and and, Mm -hmm. and time and whatever. And it's it's a very difficult, very, very difficult path, just like a lot of paths are. And some people are wise enough to realize they're not cut out for that path and they don't want that stress in their life. They'd rather spend that time instead of spinning their wheels trying to become something that they're not. Yeah. Doing the, I mean, the tagline for this book, right? Doug just pops it up there. 
how, how with the Fred factor, how passion in your work and life can turn the ordinary into extraordinary. Ooh. <laughs> Dude, perception's everything. That's right. it, man. If you enjoy yeah. your job, like, why should you feel, like, insecure about that? Like, it's like, enjoy that. You know, you found a job that, that drives you. I think that people just, like, who cares about the social stigmas or, like, you know, like, like you mentioned with trade schools. And, like, I, I was honestly, like, thinking and debating that and that was one thing my main motivation to go to college was just because to prove a point and <laughs> like thinking back like how stupid right like I could have easily just done like something that I was good at I was definitely good at working with my hands and like that was a passion of mine at the time you know but I mean I wouldn't trade anything for the world for how everything ended up but at the same time like that's totally like a valuable skill that you know I was taught and and would have loved to develop it further and I think that um you know people like i think that the that type of a thing with having a skill again is going to be so valuable in the it's, future it's not what you work it's how you work yeah you know how you what how you what you do is not that big of a deal it's how you do it i think that's what's important so and in happiness and success you know who defines that by the way in real life you know who defines success you, you do. do yeah you define your success you may find your success living in a motorhome that and having odd jobs and having very very little material you know uh, possessions or things that tie you down or things that tie you down and in in you know and you travel around and you learn things and you meditate all day or whatever and that's your vision of success. You may also be a a business tycoon who's making hundreds of millions of dollars and you're fulfilled and you enjoy what you do and that's your vision of success. You may want to be a stay at home parent. And you're you find pleasure and fulfillment in raising your kids or running the house or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's your version of success. That's pretty much the bottom fucking line. It really doesn't matter any other way. Now, the problem that I have with people is when people are miserable, decide that they don't want to do anything about it, and ra would rather just sit there and complain and mm -hmm. be jealous of other people. Yeah, that's no, when I have a problem. Those are the ones yeah. I don't like. Those are the ones that are getting lumped into our category. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't, don't like yeah. it, like you said, because you everyone who has an Instagram handle now is considered an entrepreneur. Yeah, so yeah. I, uh, dear yeah, God. That's, that's my problem. That's when I have an issue is when somebody's doing something and, you know, it's obviously their choice to do it, but they decided that they don't they're gonna fucking complain about it they're gonna hate about yeah. it. and not only that but they're gonna hate other people or i should have got that job yeah you know, and, and, like and they're gonna, yeah i had this experience and perception is everything i'll tell you what i have i've had several of these experiences where i was in a situation where i, I was miserable and then i kind of reevaluated like here's a good example i was driving somewhere with uh my kids and jessica we were going somewhere and we were stuck in the worst traffic I'd ever been stuck in my life. We were supposed to be somewhere that took, was supposed to be take two hours, took us six hours to get there. And we were stuck in traffic. And of course you're with kids and blah, 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 you know, whatever. And I was just angry. I was just pissed off the, the, the whole time. And, you know, Jessica looks at me and she's like, she goes, look, she goes, we're, we're driving to be somewhere mm -hmm. so that we could be together as a family. We're right now together as a family. We're just right. in a car. Right. And it was like a light bulb went off. Yeah. And I was like, why am I, why am I angry? Like, why am I, why am I choosing to perceive this right. as such a negative thing? And it totally changed. Same thing is true for, you know, uh, doing things around the house. I never did anything around the house. And when I finally made the realization that, wait a minute, I live here too. What's mm -hmm. the big deal? And then I started doing them. I started finding pleasure in doing them and finding that I could meditate while I did them or listen to music while I did them or whatever. It no longer became an issue. 
And so I think there's a lot of that stigma of like, oh, I'm supposed to be making this much money. Or I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur. I'm supposed to be doing these other things. And yeah, you you're know. listening to other people too much. Yeah. I mean, I had the same uh, sort of uh, experience as far as like I understanding that um, the mundane things like uh, why am I why as I'm doing it? Why am I dreading this? Obviously, I, I'm doing this right now. Like, why do I have to put all that extra shit on top of it? Why not just be like cool with it? Right. Like, I have to do it anyways. Or get the fuck out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like, you want to be a just, part just of it? Just be like no, and like draw a line, right. or just stop bitching about it. Right. Uh, that's it. What is it? The, it's never. It's usually the thing is never as bad as the thing thinking about the thing or the thoughts about that thing. Man. That's usually not always. Of course, there's terrible shit that happens, but many times, you know, that's that's the case. So. No, you're not lame, man. You like working a normal job, whatever the hell that means. I don't know. What a I know what is, is it? That's yeah. that's pretty, yeah, now I'm pretty vague. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> yeah what is a normal job nowadays? Anyway. Let's, look, let's look at yeah. this page. Right yeah, but, it, but very cool, Alan. I'm, I'm an look accountant. Up I'm going to look you up, very cool, Alan, and see how cool. Let's see how, before we sign off here. Let me let me see if I can co-sign for how. <laughs> I know. Very. Let's see what Alan's wearing. Very. That'll tell everything. Cool. Oh, there he is. He just pulled him up. Oh, you pulled him up too. He's a. It doesn't say anything. He's an. Android, he likes calisthenics. He's a wannabe gymnast. Okay. Okay. Doesn't show. He's a doesn't show Make it happen, Alan. He's a young kid. Yeah. The next American Ninja oh, Warrior. Bro, yeah, he's for you. Oh, he's, make it happen. He's super young. No, you're not cool yet, bro. You no, can't be. No, you're too <laughs> young. You, you will be cool. Cool takes a lot of practice. Especially kid. if you're a man. Yeah. yeah. You're pretty much a dork until you're like 30-something. <laughs> but if you own that you're a dork, that makes or you cool. Or if you're Sal, you're still a dork. This you know? is yeah. like <laughs> Sal's secret weapon. Well, that's you know why I'm mean? cool. Yeah. See, that's why I'm cool now. Because exactly. I embrace it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the sooner you embrace it. Okay, so Alan, you could be Sal cool right now. But I think you got got. Plenty of time ahead of you. He's not be. because his name would be very dorky Alan. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he says he's cool, so he's not. Okay. Yeah, I don't see his job though. I tried to see what he did uh, for a yeah, living. But sorry. Yeah. Anyway, you might get a lot of followers now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Very cool. Alan. So check this out. Uh, a lot of people don't know that we're on Instagram. That's like our number one social media outlet of uh, choice. Uh, all Come of our follow pages, us. We'll troll you. All of our pages <laughs> are different. Uh, they have our own flavors. There's different material and information that you'll find in the podcast. Yeah. Sal loves them DMs. My page is Mind Pump Sal. Justin is Mind Pump Justin. And Adam is Mind Pump Adam. Come check us out. Subscribe, follow. C-U-M. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maps Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>